It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Time for episode 247 of the Three Point Podcast and kind of a Christmas preview. We're coming right up on the great holiday. Just want to tell you we're teamed with Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center. Join the 21-day health challenge, just a dollar initiation fee, two bucks a day. Enroll now through January 15th. Take advantage of this great offer. It includes free one-on-one sessions with an exercise physiologist, free body scan, and also free drop-in group exercise classes and much more. And also, Matt, for you, you want to stop in there, drop the kids off, only $2 per child for two hours. Now, think about what you pay for babysitting. I know you don't use babysitters that much, but that's a pretty pretty good deal. Wait, say that again. Say that again, $2 for two hours? $2 for two hours, yeah. So yeah, basically a dollar an hour. Yeah, that's right. a hell of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm at, I know you're coming home for Christmas, but and I know you love your family and you know it's family time, but I mean, my God, drop them off for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't even go use, is, you yeah, don't, do don't even go use the gym. Just drop the yeah. kids off. <laughs> <laughs> drop off the kids and sit in the lobby on, and watch watch Netflix on your on your iPad or right. something. <laughs> well, for more details, go to memorialhealthcare.org slash wellness dash center commitment compassion for life also our team includes skymint cannabis michigan's leader in the industry over 15 locations through the state of michigan you know there's a lot of these places popping up but skymint is the best and uh, make sure you check them out the new skymint reserve if you're over 21 go online at skymint.com sign up for the rewards program 20 percent off at the corona store just uh, use our coupon code 3.20 that's for uh, new customers only we also want to thank our local partners AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Well, we'll play a little catch up, and I almost cringe thinking about what Jared might come up with here tonight with our Christmas party we just had last weekend. Why don't you start it off, young man? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's always a great time down there in Framewood. Actually, had two different Christmas parties this weekend. I'm like Christmas out. You know, everybody was calling me the Imagine Scrooge that. last week. People who listen to the podcast saying the same thing to me. Um, <laughs> it was a great. It, it's a great time at Framewood. You know, every time I'm there, I'm reminded of how long it takes to get the food. I think we were scheduled to eat at 12:30. I don't think a piece of chicken was set down until about 1:45. Um, but other than that, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a great time seeing everybody from the family. We have such a big family, man. It's like, you don't, you don't even get time to talk to everybody. Maybe you talk to half of the people there and you're lucky at that. Uh, but no, a great time. Ted actually reported that he had four pieces of chicken, yeah. which he actually said that was a career low, which <laughs> I think that's maybe my career high. So just kind of a funny <laughs> little view of two different worlds there, but, but yeah, I mean, it's Christmas spirit. I mean, this, this is the best week of the year. The lead up to Christmas, yeah, it takes yeah. forever, especially when you're a kid. Feels like, you know, Christmas will never come. But as an adult, I love it. You got the vacation just kind of sitting there at the end of the week. So just power through the next five days. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed at the only four pieces of chicken. I know you said you were wanting to maybe watch yourself as far as the diet and, you know, stuff like that. So and, and I know you first... guys get pizza afterwards. So you right. got to pace it's... yourself a little bit. Yeah, that was the mission, not to overdo it, especially after hearing about it in this podcast every year. Um, but I did know we had Main Street coming later on. And, you know, my downfall probably was I probably should have stuck with one piece of Main Street, but I had two. I have yeah. to admit it. I did stay away from the majority of the suites. Uh, but, you know, Jared set it up pretty well. You're right. It's always a good time for Frankenmuth. But this year, I'd like to get your opinion, too, Jared, um, the part, the after party. Uh, with all the kids playing our uh, LCR games. I mean, we had this time for the first time an appearance by Santa Claus. And that's cool. It went, I think it went extremely well. What are your thoughts, Jared? It's hilarious. I mean, you know, I don't think any of those kids are going to listen to this podcast or have any idea what I'm even saying, but it was our <laughs> uncle. And they, they, you, they thought it was Santa. I, I came to that realization as we get like, we got overloaded with kids in the matter of like a year. It feels yeah. like we now have like, <laughs> like 10 different kids under the age of five and they just run around nonstop. They became like the highlight of our family gatherings. It's, I, I'm like one of the old guys now. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. I've never been great around kids. Uh, like I have fun with them, but I'm not one of the people that's, you know, playing peekaboo or, or doing any of that. So I might struggle uh, when my, fatherhood days do come but yeah. uh no it's it's awesome seeing them and and, and it kind of gave you the little christmas magic when you see the kids light up when santa walks in the room now what was funny is we saw one santa in frankenmuth and then there was a different santa that night but they couldn't quite connect the dots that they looked totally different but that they yeah. were the same guy but uh other than that yeah it's just it's it's magical seeing kids face like that uh when santa walks in the room it is funny you say that because we went and saw Santa at the mall. I mentioned on the podcast a, co a couple of weeks ago. And then we did see, we've seen a couple other Santas. Like my son's daycare had a Santa come. And we saw, we went to a light festival last night and there was Santa there. None of them look alike. And, yeah. you know, it, I was looking at my daughter, you know, she's seven. So she's, she's getting to that age, you know, where the dots start to connect. Yeah. And she's a pretty like intuitive kid. So I was like, I think she's going to start to put this together. And <laughs> I, I think the wheels were spinning, but I think the overall Christmas magic is still there. So, you know, she was still loving it. And see, Jared, you're starting to understand. Maybe the Grinch is starting to go away when you, you know, you get past that age of like, oh, Christmas is so yeah. corny. Christmas is so cheesy. It's no fun. You're seeing it through your niece and nephews and you know, all your cousins or whatever, seeing it through their eyes. It is pretty cool, you know. Do you, uh, 
Do you guys have a a favorite Christmas memory from from when you were a kid? Uh, Ted, I feel like I remember. What was yours when you when you got a pair of knackers or something when you were a kid? Or what was Knacker, your pair what of knackers? What's that? The, uh... Knickers, I guess. Knickers. <laughs> knickers. <laughs> no, no my... talking about that electric that electric football game. Yeah, right? good good memory, Matt. I uh, my my biggest biggest gift that i thought was really cool was this electric football and you know once i played with it for about 10 minutes i thought what a freaking dud <laughs> what was it the vibrating game where you put yeah the vibrating game. Vibrate? i've never understood that game yeah, I, but I, I wanted one so bad <laughs> yeah now I, I off the top of my head i mean there there were a number i remember one year we got a snowmobile i probably talked about it on mm. the podcast we we got a snowmobile like for the family but i remember like you know we it was one of those christmases there was literally zero snow so like we went outside and the snowmobile was sitting in the yard on grass so i was like oh awesome we got a snowmobile but we have no snow so we can just sit on it and act like we're gonna ride it you know yeah. that was that was pretty cool but now i don't know now it, it's different now i mean like i said we went to the light festival at, at the amusement park that we go to all the time down here and my daughter, I, I've mentioned it a few times. She is just all about it. All the lights and decorating the trees. And she got to write a letter to Santa and saw Santa and doing all this stuff. Like it, it's, it, it is really cool. My son, obviously he's not even one yet. He just, he fell asleep. So he, he almost couldn't care less, but it is fun. You know, you try and soak up all these, these, uh, these Christmas memories. I, I see you yeah. guys might have some snow coming, like single digit temperatures coming up. It seems yeah. like. Hey, Christmas a Christmas time. miracle. I, I mean, I will say I, there is, I haven't seen a drop of snow this whole year. I don't know if Detroit, this is my first time kind of being here for the whole winter. I feel like we haven't seen a drop of snow, but then as soon as we're in Frankenmuth, we walk out, it's a, it's a Christmas wonderland. It's a snow yes, globe. It uh, and it, it's coming. Outside. Yeah. I know yeah. My, my parents up in Ludington have snow. They've, they've been sending pictures. I mean, up there on the lake and I, I we're coming back next week after Christmas. Mm. So I'm, I'm definitely checking the, the weather Yeah, and it's, it's looking like it's going to be a chilly, chilly week while we're there. So it's going to be cold. And yeah. maybe my favorite thing of, of the, and I actually just was alert of this, uh, of this, this, this day today at work, excuse me, uh, is the lions potentially a Christmas Eve miracle, uh, <laughs> at Carolina on Christmas Eve. I love that. And then yeah. little do you know what the very next week we're playing on new year's day. Uh, I so I, I, I was very hopeful that we were going to have one of those Christmas Eve matchups. I mean, the one thing I'm nervous about, but maybe this is kind of a built-in excuse. So we, have, you know, you have Christmas Eve mass, you know, at four o'clock. Right. Lions at one o'clock uh, could could bleed into church time. Might have to get there a little bit later. <laughs> ah. Or you go my route and DVR it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to tell tell your priest to back up the sermon a little bit. We got to watch yeah. the end of the Lions game. <laughs> kind of along those lines. We so yeah, the the Lions. I know we're gonna talk a lot more about the Lions oh, yeah. in a bit. So yeah, their, their next game is on Christmas Eve down here in Charlotte. And we were really contemplating going. We were like, maybe this would be a cool chance to like the first time taking the kids to I was wondering. You know, a, a professional sporting event. Tickets are going to be cheap because the Panthers yeah. stink. So mm-hmm. you know they're not in the playoff hunt at all. But it's going to be like a cold front is happening everywhere. Obviously, not just Michigan down here, too. It's going to be like low 30s, which down here is very cold. And we're like, I don't know convincing a seven-year-old and a not even one-year-old to sit in an outdoor football stadium for four hours in 30-degree weather. Not sure that's a good idea. Probably not a good plan, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I, th- I think we're going to watch. I mean, not I think. We are going to watch from the, the warmth of our home. 
it's funny you say that this this weekend in Franklin, I was walking the streets. I said it, I had this fleeting thought as there's these this couple uh, with like their baby in a stroller like ahead of me, like as this wind and snow is whipping. And I'm thinking, why are they putting this baby through this? This this baby has no idea what's going on. He doesn't know they're in a Christmas wonderland. of Franklin. He's literally just thinking to himself, he's freezing his nards <laughs> off. And I just, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that idea because I had that same exact thought this weekend. Like, why are they putting this baby through this punishment? Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, we, we thought about it last night at that Christmas festival because it was chilly. But I mean, you got, you got a winter coat on him. You had like two onesies. He was in like boots. He had yeah. a blanket around him. He fell asleep. He was cozy. <laughs> this little guy, I mean, he was conked out. He was nice and cozy. Oh, you just got to bundle him up. They adapt okay. to it. Well, your backup plan could be, you know, if you had a, a solid babysitter, go there with your wife, have an adult night out and watch the game. Yeah, adult we, we day, talked about that too, but, you know, something felt a little dirty on Christmas Eve, asking <laughs> asking yeah. someone, come watch our kids on Christmas That's a good Eve. Point. <laughs> go away from your family. Come watch our kids so we can go to a football game. But, That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, we got a lot to get into, including prep spotlight. And we'll uh, we'll tell you a little bit about what's been going on here locally in high school sports right after this. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state of the art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, guys, uh, not a lot of stuff going on here, but, uh, you know, we always like to focus on Corona and Owasso. Owasso beat Corona in swimming, 105-74. Blake Binger had a, he was a three-time winner for the Trojans, and this is kind of a cool thing. Freshman Danica Dwyer won the diving portion of the meet. She also is a starting and a very good point guard for the basketball team, and she's only a freshman, so we'll be hearing her name a lot for Owasso for sure. Uh, the game we were supposed to do, Chesanine at Ovid Elsie, was postponed due to illness. You know, the flu bug, I guess, was going around the schools up here. And, you know, if you look at the news every night, you know, we're still not rid of COVID, flu, and uh, what is it, RSV? Yeah. Did you? Like they call it the three-headed monster. But yeah. uh, no game last week. Uh, just recently also, by the way, Duran's Gabe Lynn was named Argus Press Mr. Football. 1,500 yards rushing, 31 rushing tds that's those are pretty good solid stats both school records for durand and uh, it was a shame their season ended in the first round of the playoffs but man they had a had a heck of a regular season at nine and oh and if they, yeah we talked about it but they, they've definitely got something to build on disappointing end of the season for sure but mm -hmm. they've got something going over there also, we know New Lothrop, man, they have uh, just a stellar sports program. I think it's 21 or 22 state championships in a variety of sports. Uh, well, the wrestling program is as good as it gets for that level. Grayson Orr took home first place at 285 pounds, way up north in the Marquette Challenge up there in the UP. That's got to be a pretty cool event for them. Ten schools, you know, you take a road trip. I'm sure they must stay in a motel up there as a team. You know, that's that's good bonding, but, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's a pretty neat thing at this time of year. If you don't get hit with a blizzard, it'd be fun to be up there in the snow and enjoying Marquette, which really, yeah. if you have never been to Marquette, Michigan, way up in the UP, 
Uh, it's a really a cool town. Have you been there, Jared? No, I've never been to the UP. UP is probably like number one on my list oh, of, wow. of places to go. I, I really want to go there. Is, is is a was a like uh, team retreat? Was that something that existed back in your in your days? Not in my day. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, <laughs> you guys just like showed that. up. Showed up yeah, on first day of practice and, and, and played ball. That we had summer good. practice. That's about it, you know. Yeah. Those those team trips are definitely cool, especially if it's an actual event. Like this was a you know yeah. a, an actual season competition. Especially you get to cross the bridge, right. and you know you get probably get some time to go check out Lake Superior or you know whatever you're going to do up there. It, that would be a pretty cool competition. Put away a few pasties and you know enjoy yourself. Up pasties. There. <laughs> my, my parents. It's funny. My parents brought some last time they came down. They they brought some. That, that's oh, just such cool. a classic, classic it meal is. to have. Uh, by the way, before we end this segment, guys, I hope you don't mind me getting my soapbox again. I've done. I've re- said it before, and it's just it just irks me, and I just don't understand it. When you show up at a gym or you you you, you get some information on a basketball team, and they just put the, their class, their senior, junior, sophomore. Don't put heights. They don't. They do the same thing in football. Don't heights and weights. But in basketball, you would think, well, why don't you just put the heights on there? Some schools do yeah. it, but I'm seeing more and more not. Is it just laziness? Is there something I'm missing there? Why they don't do that? I don't know. Or is it like a privacy thing? Makes no sense. I'm, right. I'm trying to remember what school it was. Uh, we we got you know we get information packets for the state yeah. finals. One of them had it would have been a program that you would have leaked out of your drawers if you would have saw it uh it was it had like the whole school history it had the records had the playoff oh. records had each player headshot you know heights weights color-coded uh my kind was, of school was like probably 15 pages uh mm-hmm. and i just think we need to send that out to all these different 80s and say this is how your template should look right thank you i agree I, mean, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not but i agree i mean in a perfect world i, I like i said it, it looked like it took somebody it was like a Picasso had made this thing. It was it was magical, and I feel bad that I don't remember which team it was because I would love to give them a shout out because it was that great. The thing is, you have to take a physical to be able to like eligible eligible to play, so you you know that information. And how long does it take for exactly. an AD, a coach, or you know whoever it is when you're for football when you're getting your pads? Quick, hop on a scale. Quick, right. jump in front of this tape measure. 6-1, done. There you go. Like, just, it shouldn't be that hard. I don't get no. it. There's, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'll leave it at that. I'm just, I wanted to bring it on the table, and I got one other thing that just irks me. And we've talked about this before, too. And you guys know it's always kind of cool when you get your name in the local paper, right? Yeah, right. You know, so many catches, so many touchdowns, you know, so many points in basketball. Well, there are, there's been a trend. That schools, when they lose and they're not very good, oh. all of a sudden you read in the paper, no details reported. And I've and one of our local schools, it's been two games in a row. They got beat pretty bad, but no publicity for these kids and no details reported. Yes. Now, that's just BS. It's on the coach. The athletic director should be kicking his ass and saying, this is part of your job. you got to do it no matter what. I mean, I, I'm really passionate about this. That's ridiculous. You're screwing the kids, you know. Yeah, especially yeah. even even in a loss. Like, what if a kid had a career game, scored right. twenty eight points, and had a great game, but you know they lost. Right. No details included. Yeah. Also, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to get into this like the whole participation trophy generation or whatever. But it kind of like feeds into that. Like, just because you lost doesn't mean there shouldn't be an article in the paper mm-hmm. about it. Like, it is. You're kind of teaching these kids some bad lessons. I feel like. 
I do too. And it's a, listen, I've heard those phone calls. We all have been on the bus when the coach gets called. It's a two minute phone call, man. Right. <laughs> it, it's not hard. Uh, it's not like you're LeBron James who's got 50 cameras and it's shoved in his face after a tough loss. It, you know, it, it just give him the stats. Yeah. And even, if, even if you don't want to talk, have your assistant just shoot him an email with the details, you know, the, yeah. the double digit scores really is all you need. Especially, yeah, nowadays, email, text message. If you don't want to talk on the phone, hey, here's our leading scores. This is a quick couple little nuggets. There you go. Done. It, it shouldn't Amen. be that hard. I was going to ask you guys, I know we're about to move on. The The dual sport thing that that wasn't around. I know definitely I would assume, Ted, you couldn't play two sports in one season in your day. I could. I did. Oh, you could. Yeah. So that went so that you could, but because you couldn't, um, when I was in school, could you, uh, did they change that for you guys, Jared? You could, you had to get, you know, you'd have to get it like approved and you'd have to oh, pick okay. one sport as your, your primary, primary or whatever, mm-hmm. but yes, Interesting. You, you could. Did you, yeah, so we, did you ever think about it or Ted, did you? Cause I, I definitely, the, the one I would say, I probably would have played baseball and ran track. I would have mm-hmm, had yeah. baseball as my primary and then probably ran track, but it, yeah, you couldn't do that when I was in school. That's what, yeah. that's exactly what I did, man. I did baseball oh, okay. and track. Yeah. I, I, I wish I would have, uh, you know, looking back, I, I loved golf, played in my freshman and sophomore years. Actually, good golf golfer, been cool. actually, actually yeah. contributed to the team. Unlike mm-hmm. in track where I was just basically a water boy, uh, for better, for better or worse. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that's something that I've always regretted is, you know, I was pressured a little bit, you know, from the football coach was also the yeah. head track coach. So <laughs> kind of had to pick your battle there, but definitely my senior year, I regret not, you know, doing them both. It's awesome. Why play mm-hmm. as many sports as you can. I, right. I, that's, I probably would have tried to play baseball too. Yeah. yeah. I had it all over again. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty good little prep spotlight there. Of course, uh, brought to you by our friends at capital sports field house and we're oh, gonna one, get in... one more thing i was gonna yeah. ask i know sure. i don't want to cut off your ad you might have to redo that but i have it, no ad no ad we'll play it is in the, the program. uh doesn't doesn't corona host like a, a holiday basketball invite or something like that they used to now it's a scrimmage used oh, to be okay. the battle of midway yeah um, i think was the name but uh yeah i i think it's just a scrimmage now gotcha I think they do play, though, uh, like Wednesday night. I think they play Detroit Collegiate Prep, I think, a home game uh, this Wednesday. So uh, Rocky does like to mix it up with some of those uh, Detroit schools down there, yeah. which is pretty cool. That is cool. No, it's good to get that exposure. One more thing. I keep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep extending this, this segment. <laughs> keep thinking of things. Um, this has nothing to do with current athletes. So, But uh, did you guys – one of my favorite things during Christmas break in high school, you know, most of the time you, you stuck around, you know, you didn't necessarily travel, maybe like day trips to grandparents' houses or something like that. But your dad, Jared, would always open up the gym so we could have open gym during Christmas break. And it was one of the, some of the funnest times in like high school sports because everyone's just home off for the holidays. Usually it was snowy or gross out. You'd roll up to the gym and you would just play ball for like three, four hours, hang out, you know, with your friends and stuff. We would turn on music, you know, and, and you know, we would be able to listen to music in the gym. Those are just some some memory. Like I was just thinking about that when, when we were talking about playing or whatever. Like, did you guys do that? Was that really a thing? Or? That tradition got axed. Uh, really? when I was in high school <laughs> in lieu of a Sunday night practice, which was in essence, hell on earth. So Got no, it. we never quite had those memories. Those are, those are gone, long gone. Yeah. Our memories away from the official practices. We had Saturday rec ball in the gym and, yeah. you know, it was basically, you had your five on five and if you won, you kept playing, you know, you yep. had, and that's how we did it. That, that Those were some legendary games back in my time, because, you know, you had all kinds of characters from, 
from Corona playing. They may not have been basketball players, but they were they were Saturday morning warriors, you know. Yeah. And it was it was legendary. We had a blast with that. We'll have we'll have to talk more about that at another time. But that was a, that was a good time back in. Yeah, the day. That, that's what was cool too, because uh, you know during the the holiday break mm-hmm. they would open it up to alumni, or right. you know if you're back in town you know, come on back. So we'd have some of those dudes that were washed up or whatever, you know, like, like me rolling up there now or something playing against 17 year old high schoolers. But no, it was fun. I, I would, if I was part of the reason I was asking, I was gonna be like, if, the, if it was open next week, you'd show I, would, up. I would think about bringing my basketball shoes and going up there and seeing if I could hang with these kids. Probably couldn't, but bring them in case time. you never know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move on. We'll talk a little bit of uh, football, both American style and international football right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, before we get into, you know, some things locally here, I know I know I was tuned into the World Cup. It couldn't have worked any better on Sunday. I mean, 10 a.m. start, uh, a great game. And I tweeted, you know, I'm a casual fan, but that was that was some high drama with France and Argentina, two of the best players in the world. One of them kind of winding down his career and messy and the French uh, French kid, man, is he is a stud. And I, again, like I said, I don't know that much about soccer, but he scored all three of their goals. We haven't talked about the world cup. It it is a awesome event. I know it's coming to the United States in four years. I've always loved it. I've, I mean, you guys maybe won't quite connect with this, but FIFA, the video game, the soccer video game, I swear it's the, it's the best sports game Mm. that you'll ever play. So much fun. I used to play it all the time with my buddies when I was a kid. Uh, But what an event. I mean, Guitar seemed like kind of went off without a really a serious hitch. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, question marks surrounding that, obviously. And who knows what happened behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it seems like uh, it it went fairly well. Nothing too terrible happened, obviously. Uh, But what an event. It's it's mind blowing the soccer fans. They are as loyal as loyal and they are as diehard as they come. They literally live and die on on those teams and those games they're crying if they're losing they're crying if they're winning uh it's it's just it's it's unreal to watch i will say and i know this is a bit of a hot button issue in soccer i hate the penalty kicks Mm. how electric would in a moment have been if if it's a walk-off goal in overtime just play until the until a goal is scored uh it seemed like france was really starting to turn the tide at the end of that game i mean getting a lot of really close shots apparently the the save that the argentina goaltender had was similar to LeBron's block in the NBA finals from soccer terms. Uh, it was but, incredible, but just, I really hate how it ends. It's just, I know they say, you know, it takes skill, it takes practice, you know, penalty kicks, but it just seems goofy to me. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to hockey, you know, like 
when they when they end up going to a shootout or something. Right. Because these games could go forever. You know, mm-hmm. you never know. I mean, we you've seen games end up zero zero after all the extra time and all that kind of stuff. So you you never know how long the game would go. I, again, I am also a casual fan. I think the three of us are on board with that, but I, yeah. I very thoroughly enjoy the, the World Cup because, you know, it's the biggest stage. It's all the best players and teams in the world. So, you know, it's the best soccer that you're going to watch. And I'm always, like, just amazed, basically everything Jared just said, at the passion of the fans. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows about it. You hear about it, how soccer is the biggest sport in the world outside of America. Um, so when you watch the World Cup, you see why or how. And it also makes me realize, like, even though our team was pretty good this year and you know, there's some potential there. I don't know if we're ever going to be on that level because I don't know if soccer is ever going to be taken that seriously here in the States. It's going to take like that uh, Christian Pulisic, I think is how you say his last name. Um, basically is like the LeBron James of our like, soccer program yeah. right now. It's, but it, he's like, and he is a good player from all my friends who follow it very closely. I've asked him like, is this dude, He's our best player, but is he actually really that good? No, no, no he is. He plays internationally. He's really good. Right. But that's like the only one we got. Whereas yeah. these other these other teams, their whole roster is full of these guys. So it's like, I know I'm going off a little bit, but like it, it makes me realize like even though we do have a pretty good team, I don't know if we're ever going to have a team that can compete with an Argentina or some of these other teams because all of our best athletes, and I know this is also a discussion that, that people have around soccer, they play other sports for the most part, you know? So while, you know, maybe it'll just take that one hot, that one amazing year where everything clicks and we've got two or three great players and a really good goalie or something like that. But, you know, I don't know. Everyone was celebrating this team this year. I don't know. I guess because they're young, it seems like this is the same sort of level we get to every year in the world cup. Uh, I mean, can we get one superstar? I mean, is that right. too much? Uh, this Pulisic guy, I had never heard of him until, and I don't think any of us had until the World Cup came around, but we knew who Mbappe was. We knew who Lionel Messi was. Mm-hmm. Lionel Messi, I'll just give this shout out, man. Short king, legend, my yeah. height, uh, but maybe the best athlete in the world. So just felt good to see that kind of taking place. You know, it's cool. It's good to know there's a sport out there where it doesn't matter your height, doesn't matter your size. It's just, it's just your heart, man. So Lionel, yeah, Messi, shout out for that. That he didn't have the height, but he had the ability. So it made me proud. I loved his good. penalty kick too, where he just nonchalantly kicked a low line drive right into the net. It was sweet. So he does that. That's where the skill and strategy, like you were talking about, Jared, comes in. You don't just run up there and bang the ball as hard as you can. Like he, I've heard him talk about. You know, he waits for the goalie to commit and then just yep. kicks it the other way or whatever. And I've got I, I I became pretty good friends with a couple guys up in Bristol who are from Argentina that work at ESPN, and I remember talking to them up there during the the last couple World Cups, and you know again as a casual fan I'd be like oh you're looking forward to the World Cup and they would just be like blown away like I've been thinking about this for four years yeah. and you know asking them about like Lionel Messi and they're like this guy is you don't understand we think Michael Jordan is a big deal in this country. Mm-hmm. Messi, Ronaldo, some of these other guys from these countries are Michael Jordan times 100. Messi now, I can't even imagine the kind of legendary status that he's going to have in Argentina. He will be able to do anything he wants in that country. I saw videos, I'm sure you guys maybe did on Twitter, of uh, Buenos Aires, and people were like taking videos of the city and stuff. I bet it hasn't stopped. The celebration has not stopped still. And this is, what, two days later, a day or two later? And it's just it goes into my point of, because because here, OK, we had a team make it past, you know, make it into the, the second round, basically, of the World Cup, lose, 
and we're probably not going to think about soccer for another four years in this country, you know, whereas overseas there it, it's year round. They think right. about it all year, kind of like we do with the NFL or college football. Yep. So, yeah, it's a cool event, though. Really soccer cool. Has event. it figured out with the, with the relegation with mm-hmm. uh, all these different leagues, international sport, the World Cup. I mean, there's no other there's no other sport that could replicate that. Yeah, it's uh, the world and, sport for sure. Yeah. Well, you talked you talked about Argentina, and I, I there was a lot of videos out there that you mentioned, and I, I found the cool one. I retweeted it was I think it was a drone shot looking down, you know, and, and we envisioned Super Bowl parties afterwards, but I had never seen anything like this. There must yeah. have been, I, there must have been millions. I mean, I don't know, two million people out there in the streets celebrating. Insane, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you know, Jared, you talked about. Uh, the little fellas and they're able to play soccer. How about Brady Rose and the Ferris State uh, Bulldogs and Tony Anise? I mean, he's not a giant either, but he's a giant coach. And what a job by by the Bulldogs going down to Texas and just kicking butt. Yeah, I was talking to before you get in, Jared. I, I, we had a couple friends over um, on Saturday. Like you know, they came over, we were hanging out, decorating cookies, and you know that that kind of Christmas mm-hmm. hangout or whatever. But. Um, the guy that came like my, our friend's husband, you know, we're friends with him now too. We were sitting there, we were watching football and I told him, I was like, we, we got to watch this game. Fair state. He didn't, he's from Alabama. So he's like, he didn't know who fair state was. And I was like, Oh, it's a D two school. You know, the, the head coach went to our high school, you know, blah, blah, blah. I gave him the whole spiel. And, um, and we, so we were just talking about how good they are, how they've they're, they're They showed that graphic at the beginning of the game, four programs have won, um, they, they put the, the four programs that have won 11, 11 games in how, however many seasons. And Fair State is up there with Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, I believe, yep. are the four. And then in Fair State. So we were talking about that. And he was like, he's like, how does he build, you know, a powerhouse D2 program? And at least to me, I'm not speaking for Coach Anise. I'm not doing that. But I was like, I think he's got a bunch of guys like this Brady Rose. As we were talking about it, he was catching like ball, ball, ball. I was like, he's got these dudes who – maybe are too small even for the Mac or they're just on the edge of being a, you know, Mac player or maybe mm-hmm. going to like an Illinois or something, but they're hell. They're, they're great football players. They're fantastic football players. And you hear coaching. He's talking about that. He wants, he wants guys with big hearts. They don't have to be six, five and run a four, two or, you know, stuff like that. And you watch Brady Rose. I mean, how many state titles did he win, you know, in, in Michigan, he won two or three state titles. Nope. Now he's won yeah. a couple national titles. I mean, when you talk about a football player, he honestly might get a look in the NFL. He, he might get a look. It's super long shot, but maybe a return guy. Maybe I was, I was, I'll be honest. I was man, like that. It's just impressive watching Ferris State. Yeah, play. he, he's. I, I honestly, that was my first time watching him. Was this weekend? Me too. He does not. He does not. Does not have burners. That's for that's for mm-hmm. darn sure. He's a good blocker on the perimeter, but just a smart football player. Yeah, he's won two. He made it to the four field his sophomore year. Won in his junior year. Won in his senior year. Won it. Won the uh, national title at Ferris's freshman year. Won the national title at Ferris's sophomore year. I mean, he's <laughs> on one hell of a tear, man. We we dream of even stepping on Ford Field here, where we're from. Right. He's like you know, just it's it's another day in the in the in the backyard playing football, winning winning these titles. Uh, my favorite stat I saw this week, and I had two favorite ones. One, Ferris's record last eight seasons, 110. So for every 10 games they win, they lose one football game. It's insane. Unreal. How is that even possible? That's that's mind-blowing to think about. Uh, and then another one, I think, you know, of, of Ferris's roster, I think 105 of the players are from Michigan. Right. Just recruiting right in your backyard. Like, just yep. getting all, scooping up. I mean, think of how many freaking football teams there are in Michigan. I don't even know how it's possible that he's fostered a national title team 
from the the remaining players. I mean, we have what three max schools. We have two Big Ten schools. We have all these different D two schools. Uh, another big one in GVSU, probably the second best team in, in the in the nation uh, yeah. behind Ferris this year. I, just where's he finding all this talent? I mean, Michigan pat ourselves on the back. We got some talent in this state. Well, we do, and you know, and I think the other thing that you know, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Tony gets some good good quality uh, individuals, but he also he takes takes a few risk with borderline, you know, kids maybe that haven't been getting the right direction at home, you know, and he'll bring them in and he gives them kind of that father figure, you know, and he preaches it's all about love and he gets some of these youngsters turned around and buying into the program and it just helps them long-term in, in their life mission, you know? I mean, I, that says a lot for Tony and, you know, we've talked about him many times. It's, it's nothing but love and what he's done up there. And, you know, we don't need to get in the whole division one conversation because he has built a dynasty there at Ferris. Hell, I think at this point, let's get the Bulldogs, just move up to division one and see if he can compete in the Mac, you know, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, I, I remember talks of that when I was at Grand Valley. That was when they were basically what Ferris is right now. And people were talking about Grand Valley should be playing in D1 in the MAC. And I remember even uh, talking to some of the people who played on the team, and they were, even they were, like, apprehensive mm-hmm. of that. I, I don't disagree with you, and I, I know what you're saying. But well, I was kind of sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, bit. no, but I mean, I'd be curious Valley. how it would actually work out, though. Right, is it, is right. I guess what I mean. The Grand Valley thing is, I feel like I just saw a report of that. Like last year, nothing came of it. Whoever, whatever guy with the blue check mark tweeted that out, and I fell for it. He should be arrested. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's 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 just truly crazy. It's awesome that we have the Corona tie to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it makes all this us Corona alums proud. I mean, he's the most famous Corona alum we've ever had. It's kind of funny compared to some of these other schools who have like Rochester Adams, who has Madonna. Uh, but we'll take him in the football world. You know, he's, he's a coach's coach uh, and we know how good of a coach he is. So hands you, off you, to Paris. you know, you brought that up before and that's a hundred percent correct. You know, I mean, you even keeping it a little local here, Owasso, who's their number one? It's Brad Van Pelt. Brad, no doubt right. about it. But if you go to Corona, Corona alum, it's Tony and East. Gotta be. And was, so. I, I'd be curious to ask some people. Cause I, you know, I, I knew I, I played football. So I knew Nick and East field. Oh, Tony mm-hmm. and East, you know, he was, dominating high school football at the time i was you know kind of coming through or whatever i'd be curious if that many kids really know who he is you know Mm. if they if they don't follow football or if they don't follow d2 football now ferris back-to-back national titles you know they're definitely on the map or whatever but oh yeah i'd be curious how many kids actually know who he is but it it is impressive what they're doing and i don't you you can't say you can't say anything more than what we've already said about his his coaching resume. And he's he's got to be to the point now, basically where Nick Saban is, or you know, maybe it's starting to tail off a little bit, but it was with the transfer portal or whatever. Tony Anise probably almost doesn't have to recruit, you know, like you know, you know what I mean? Like to an extent. Like if he calls a kid who maybe doesn't have offers to Michigan State or to Eastern Michigan or you know, whatever, if Tony Anise calls you and says, I want you to come to Ferris. You're, you're probably going to say, yeah, let's go. Because at this point, Jared, you just laid it out 110 in their last however many seasons. If you go to Ferris and you play good two, three, four years, you're probably going to end up with a ring. It's the same with like when you go to Alabama yep. you, or Georgia, you know, some of these other schools. You go to these schools and you stay for three, four years, you're going to get a ring. You're going to compete for a national title. So that's the point that Anise has that that program right now. Well, it's funny, you know. I, I you know, I had a guy who, Cooper who I played with high school. I went on a recruiting visit with him to Grand Valley. 
You know, if you want to win football games, you go to Ferris. If you want to, you know, look cool wearing the all black Adidas jerseys and, you know, going to school in Grand Rapids and and doing that whole thing, you go to Grand Valley. Uh, so it's just simple as that in my book. And, and I had classes with a lot of those kids that are on that football team. You know, maybe it's a gross exaggeration uh, and stereotype, but that's just, that was my vibe. You know, I've, I've been close with both those programs and that's my takeaway. No, it was. And, and like I said, I, I was, so I was at Grand Valley from 03 to 08. So right, you know, at the end or during their peak and when it started to tail off a little bit, cause I, they won two national titles when I was there. Right. So, you know, pretty good, but it was that way. It, they, they maybe rightfully so, but super arrogant. If you if you played football at Grand Valley, you you thought you were in the NFL, basically walking around that campus in Allendale, and you know I, I think it still is that way. Even though Ferris is clearly the the dominant program, but Grand Valley is still obviously very good. It's basically Ferris and Grand Valley. You know, yeah, Grand Valley beat them this year. The only loss, yeah. and, and right. yeah, they were two best teams. It, you know, I've always compared it to this. It's kind of and we and also we can say as Michigan fans, we we knew we always kind of believed it. No matter how many times Mark D'Antonio Michigan State beat Michigan. You always yeah. felt like you were superior to them. And I feel yeah. like that's the same way with Grand Valley. And until and we saw that with Harbaugh, until you go back to your roots and find out you know your real identity, it's probably gonna keep happening. So yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, congratulations to Tony and the Bulldogs. And by the way, he will be making an appearance on the podcast here in the next week or so, guys. I did reach out to him. So we'll get more questions of the coach, maybe from some other exotic location, like he checked in last year from yeah. Florida. Nice and mellow. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely nice and mellow. It, it's awesome. I'll be curious to see if he wins when when all the what how many awards he stacks up. Yeah, um, you know, for this season that they just had. And speaking of awards, I was just I, I saw right before we started recording. Right now, the odds anyway for Coach of the Year in the NFL, Dan Campbell's number two, Ooh. only behind Nick Sirianni, uh, the the Eagles yeah. coach, who's right probably going to win it. But you know, for Dan Campbell to be right there right there to win coach of the year when they start off one and six and we were damn near writing the dude off saying, I know you got one more year, man, or else you're gone. And he's about to win coach of the year. Maybe having these guys fighting back to the playoffs. I, I don't know. They, they it, The playoffs may not happen. A lot of scenarios still have to shake out. They still have to win their games, yeah. but this is, this might be the most fun I've ever had watching the lions. And oh, I was a huge I mean, that, that's not true because I absolutely loved Barry Sanders. He's my favorite athlete of all, of all time. Ted, you remember the Barry Sanders days. Oh, loved yeah. Matthew, loved Matthew Stafford and Megatron. Those teams were fun to watch. This team, though, the way they play, the style they play with Campbell and how they clearly love each other with that video of um, after Wright scores, like, we believe in you. We believe in you. Like, all this stuff. It's like this Lions team, man. I don't know how anyone can not like them. <laughs> fun team to watch. It. It, it what a, I mean, what an ugly game it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it was fun for about two minutes. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, I, let's talk about that play. I, I mean, Brock Wright and Ben Johnson. I mean, the we call. were texting about it, you know, off the pod. And I, I'll be honest, as soon as Jared Goff dropped back to pass and, you know, it was the one Mississippi, two Mississippi, like, oh, no one's open. You yeah, were thinking dude. to yourself, what the F are they doing? Right. Uh, but perfectly dialed up. I mean, it's fun watching that replay where you see Brock Wright you know, basically sitting one Mississippi, two Mississippi blocking the the defensive end. As soon as that, that linebacker basically releases across the field, uh, he just crosses right with them and just wide open, uh, perfectly dialed up, ends up going 51 yards to the house. I, I mean, where does that play rank? 
uh, let's say that this leads to a playoff or down the road. I mean, wh- where does that play rank in, in the great plays of Lions history? I mean, I, I can't Huge. think of one uh, higher in my head, you know, in my lifetime. Maybe the Calvin Johnson catch, if that would have been called a catch, yeah. opening day against Chicago Bears way back when. But I think it's the biggest play in, in Lions history in my lifetime. Probably. I mean, Stafford made the playoffs a couple times, so maybe there, you know, there might be a couple plays there we're kind of forgetting. I remember yeah. one where he like drove down and like dove over the 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 fake the, spike. The, the QB, yeah, the QB yeah. sneak fake spike, you know, he, so he's probably got a couple, but I'm, I'm definitely there with you. If they end up making the playoffs, they were about to lose that game to the Jets. I mean, that's the thing. They they needed that. It was fourth and inches, and they're about to lose to Zach Wilson. So they, they needed that play, dial it up, and they scored. So, you know, in that I, text string we yeah. had, you guys, you know, it just you, you just have a feeling that they're playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they're playing with real confidence. And look what it does to you, you know. They they feel like they can win. They feel like they can come back if they're behind. And you got to start with Campbell with that. Obviously, Ben Johnson. I mean, <laughs> they got to keep that guy on board, man. He has really dialed up some plays this year, and that that fourth down call was just amazing. I loved it. So you know, Jared's right. It was kind of an ugly game, but uh, we'll take it. Now I, I got. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, man. All right. Uh, I just want to get I it on. Where this is going. You do. I just want to put it right on the table right now. And I think Jared and I made our feelings known last week, but I want you on the record. You saying we go for another quarterback or we stay with golf. No, I'm, I'm right now. Stick- I mean, not, not looking ahead, just right now for the future. Is he going to be our quarterback or would you rather see them go elsewhere? I, I think he's okay for now. And for next season, I don't want him to draft a quarterback this upcoming NFL draft, just because they have still have so many other holes and, with two draft picks in the first round, the Rams and then their own draft pick, they could really solidify defensive line, linebacker, yeah. cornerbacks, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about a quarterback because Jared Goff, the same words I always use, he, he's he's serviceable. He's fine. He has moments where it's like this is a really good quarterback. That's why he started in a Super Bowl for the Rams. But I also stick to he's just a guy. Like he's he's fine. He's solid. He, he actually was not very good yesterday against the Jets. And – he just misses throws all the time to the point where I'm like, we're not thinking that the Lions are at the Chiefs level where they need someone performing like Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, that's why I'm not saying like, get Goff out of here. He's trash. Trade him right now. No, he's good. But if they're going to get to the next level, I'm not sure if he's the guy, at least in my opinion, especially when he's making like $32 million a year. I don't know if he's worth that. Yeah. And when you're drafting dudes like Jameson Williams who can just burn down the field and he can't even hit him on a 40-yard pass, I mean, it's like – I don't know what are, what are we trying to do. So, no, I'm not saying ship the guy out, but I'm also like if if he's not going to take a pay cut and they're having to pay him 30, 35 million, you know, the going rate for a star quarterback. In my opinion, he's he's not worth that. I mean, he's better than you know the days of what like Mike McMahon, Stony Case, Jeff Driscoll, <laughs> who started a couple games a few years ago. Yes, of course, Jared Goff is better than those days, but I also. There's a reason that Sean McVay was so quick to trade him for Matthew Stafford and ship a bunch of draft picks off because he knew he wasn't ever going to win a quarter or win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. He knew if I could get my hands on Matthew Stafford, I can get him to the Super Bowl and we can win. And they did. So, you know, it, I'm, I'm not one of those that's like, get this dude out of town. I don't want him, but I'm also not like, man, this guy's the next John Elway. Build a statue. Yeah, you're not, you're not sold on him being the Lions franchise he quarterback. Did not have a great saying. he did not have a great day 
This no. week, but I can, I'm not gonna fall. I mean, you win a game in the NFL, I'm not gonna get mad at you. Yeah, I don't care. Yep. I mean, a quarterback because you can lose the game so many. Believe me, I've lost a lot of games in my day as a quarterback. You can lose a game pretty easily. No <laughs> turnovers in six straight snap. games. Zero yep. turnovers. Yeah, yep, that's huge. I, exactly. He didn't lose it, and and when uh, the game was on the line, he got a you know a couple first downs before that Brock Wright big time play. And I, he didn't I, clunk he, that pass. And he, and he didn't clunk that pass. And he didn't do anything dumb. He didn't throw do a Zach Wilson. You know. Think about it, we won by ended up winning by what uh three points. Uh if yeah. if Zach Wilson doesn't throw that interception in the second half that leads to our field goal, uh, then they probably end up winning. So that was the difference right. in the game. Jared Goff didn't turn it over, Zach Wilson did. And right. he finished 23 of 38, 252. Definitely did not look great, missed that big throw to Jameson Williams, as we saw. But I, I I'm not gonna sit here and fault the guy if he's winning. I will be sitting here singing his praises. Uh, you know, believe me, if, if he has a backbreaking interception against the Bears or the Packers in that potential last game of the season, then I'll be the first one to to you know come at him. But if you're yeah. winning ball games, I I'm always going to praise you. Who would Especially you categorize as the quarterback? Yeah, who would you categorize him with? Is he kind of a Ryan Tannehill type? I mean. No. I think so. Ryan Tannehill is actually an athlete. Ryan Tannehill was a, a recruited as a linebacker in well, college. You think he's Jared a better Goff he's a better quarterback? You think Tannehill's he's a better mobile, quarterback? He's he's accurate. He's accurate. Um, I would not say. I mean, Tannehill's you know won playoff games in his day. I, I don't know. I, that's an interesting comparison. I'm not sure sure where Tannehill. I, I didn't up know. Up, but I didn't know if you were meaning like literally. Who are you comparing him to? Like his style? I thought you no, meant, not like, style. Where, where he like would ranking. rank as you know a leader no. of the team. The, you know there there's no doubt he's the Titans quarterback, right? Yeah, I'm, look, I'm saying like a, a like a Dak Prescott, like a, a Ryan okay. Tannehill. Like you know he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not Josh Allen, but he's also not. Zach Wilson. He's also no. not, you know, some of these other dudes. You know, that you, that's at least to me. I think like believe Kirk in Cousins karma. Like, you know, he's maybe he's a work depending on how you view Kirk Cousins, he's a he's not mm-hmm. as good as Kirk Cousins. You know, maybe he's won a few more games and obviously made I it to the Super know. Bowl. But I would say his his comp would be maybe a step below Kirk Cousins, but very similar play style. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd even put him below. Maybe you look at the overall stats, maybe, but uh, that's pretty similar comparison, I think. And yeah. you know, look at it realistically. Yeah, you could draft a guy and you could screw up all the karma you got, right? Right. And it might not pan out where you know what you got with Jared Goff. You're going to have some of these days where he doesn't really throw great passes, but overall, I still think he's yeah. a he's a top ten to fifteen quarterback in the NFL, and that they don't come come along every year, so. Right, they got other spots to fill. I agree with that. I mean, part. The Jets, I was impressed yeah. with their defense. I mean, Sauce yeah, Gardner, really good. Would have loved to have somehow ended up with that guy. I mean, the Detroit native. Uh, what a cool story that is. Him going to Cincinnati, kind of out of nowhere, becoming the star player. Never had a touchdown completed on him in college. I love mm-hmm. watching him play. Um, I think the superstar of this game it has to be, and I, you know, maybe we buried the lead a little bit with this with, but Khalif Raymond. He's, yeah. you know, he ended up with with five receptions of fifty three yards. I mean, the punt return. We saw the offense. Chances sweet. are they probably were going to end up getting a field goal out of that drive if he doesn't house that punt return. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the player of the game. Uh, I, you know, I remember we were all kind of maybe rooting for Khalil Pimpleton to make the team over him yeah. uh, in training camp and during hard knocks, but he's he's been he's done a great job filling in as like maybe the wide receiver four slot and biggest play of the game they won them the game punt return uh and the defense played played their asses off throughout the entire game as well i just love seeing i mean we've we've talked about ben johnson a lot their offensive coordinator how how creative he is and you can see how jared goff who and, and this isn't to keep go back to back and not jared goff you can see how when a good quarterback or at least a solid a quality quarterback 
when they have a good offensive coordinator, what they can do. You can tell Jared Goff is 100% in on Ben Johnson's play calling and everything like that. Mm -hmm. They're just in sync. Whereas Matthew Stafford was having to deal with like Jim Bob Cooter and, (laughs) and Matt Patricia and some of these other dudes. And it's just like, you could tell it was just Stafford going out there, slinging it around, just doing his thing. And part of what I like is talking about Khalif Raven they bring him in for like end of rounds or they give him like bubble screens or they even handed the ball off to a monora St. Brown a couple times in the backfield. I, I just like seeing the way that they use their athletes. I hope, I mean, I think they're still easing Jamison Williams back in, you know, I hope that they figure out a way to start using him a little more, but I, I like when, cause it seemed like I remember times when we had Megatron and it would be like, sometimes there'd be those games where it was getting into the third quarter and it was like, oh, yeah, what's he done? Oh, he only has one catch. And it'd be like, you have this dude in Kelvin Johnson. How are you not, like, just figuring out a way to get him the ball? And it seems like Ben Johnson figures out ways to get St. Brown the ball. Raymond, he gives, you know, Swift, when he's healthy, he gets him out on space so he can, you know, make some moves and stuff like that. So I just – I love seeing this offense right now. And the, the one thing, I, Dan Campbell, I don't know what you guys think, that, the you know, he decided to kick that field goal towards hmm. the end of the game when they were up three and it almost came back to bite him because it was another one of those situations like in the Vikings game earlier in the year. It was almost the identical situation. It was almost the exact same and situation. And he said he'd never do that again. <laughs> right. And our and kicker then, is terrible. It's definitely going to come back and on us. Yeah. Magly. Magly. He's been okay indoors. Like I, I ended up looking it up. What was his season high this year? He, he made a 53 yarder, but it was indoors. He made another 51 or 52 in Detroit. So right. again, indoors, but I mean, when you're in New York and it's 30 degrees or whatever, wind is swirling 54 yard field goal, man, I don't care if you know, your punter isn't that great or whatever. You got to take the chance and try and pin him deep with Zach Wilson as a Zach quarterback. Wilson. It's like right. pin that dude deep. And, and I feel like it's important to point this out. So think about how that game ended. New York Jets marching down the field. They yeah, have the big completion man. to Garrett Wilson. You know, 50, what is it, 55 seconds, I think, when he catches it. They don't call timeout. I think their next snap comes at like 32 seconds, 23 mm-hmm. seconds off the clock. Stupid. Uh, and, you know, we rag on Dan Campbell uh, You know, every time he messes up. Here's the thing. It's very hard to manage the clock well is what we've right. learned in the NFL. I know it's easy for us on our couch with the announcers and, you know, the 360 view. I, they can't quite figure it out. And they're some of the smartest, you know, coaching minds that there is. So I just feel like it's it's a good time to point that out to Lions fans right. that it's not just Dan Campbell that struggles with the clock. Uh, and, I mean, we saw a lot of screw-ups. I mean, let's just talk about this for a quick second, maybe before we get back into the Lions and maybe their actual playoff chances and the remaining schedule. Uh, did you guys happen to see the New England Patriots and Las Vegas Raiders? How <laughs> oh, that game my ended? God. I mean, that's Bill Belichick. That's a Bill Belichick coach team. I have never seen a play so idiotic. And I've watched a lot of youth football games in my day. You know, I used to <laughs> broadcast those games, you know, eight games in a day from the press box for free pizza, man. I've seen a lot of dumb plays in my lifetime. I have never in any level of football seen a play that dumb. Yeah. Think about it. If that happened in a youth football game, you would never live it down. You yeah. would think it was the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. That happened in an NFL football game. He, everything about that play was so hilarious. And if you didn't see it, I'll, if you live under a rock, but I'll explain it real quick. Yeah. Tied ball game, three seconds left, 24-24. Just run off the clock, you know, go to overtime. They hand it off to Ramondre Stevenson, who, you know, runs for maybe 15 yards before he laterals it. Zero's on the clock. Jacoby, the wide receiver, just literally throws it right to Chandler Jones, Las Vegas Raiders. Like, nobody, Mac Jones maybe within 10 yards of him. 
Uh, Chandler Jones catches it. Stiff arms Mac Jones right into the turf, which is maybe the funniest thing of the entire play. And yeah. he just runs untouched to the end zone. I just, I watched that play probably 40 times yesterday. I could not stop watching it. I've never seen anything like it, man. It was so crazy. One of our, one of our good followers out there, Miggy Incognito pointed out the, the freeze frame of basically right when that pass was happening across the field. Oh Matt yeah. Patricia in the background looked like he was clapping. clapping. I don't know if he was cheering. I don't know, I don't know if he was knows. saying like, get down, you know, who right. knows what he was actually saying. That just made it a lot more funny too. seeing Patricia, you know, as lions fans, seeing Patricia over there melting down or whatever, but that's just maybe along the lines of what you were saying, Jared. In the moment, coaches sometimes flub when it comes to clock management. Maybe, you know, the From Patriots players said, in that moment were yeah. trying to make too many plays, but that, yeah, that was, was one players. had to be one of the most idiotic things in the history of the NFL. Yeah, you can't blame the coach for that one. No. Yeah, and, and Patricia basically said it was not the play call. Basically, Steven, basically here's my hypothesis of how that happened. Stevenson – you know, lateral it back, probably didn't realize that there was no, that many guys close to him thought, hey, he could maybe score on this. I think once that initial lateral happened, I think Jacoby, like, think if you're mid-play, all of a sudden yeah. they get lateral to that. You think, oh, wait, are we, like, losing or something right now? Do I need to lateral this? Right. But what I didn't understand is just what an idiotic – he threw it right to Jones. <laughs> like, if you throw it, you know, somewhat, maybe somewhat close to, to Mac Jones and it gets batted around, somebody probably ends up tackling him. But it was just such a perfect, you know, serve it on a platter right to him just for him to take off toward the end zone. I just couldn't get over it. Yep. I, well, it was a pretty wild weekend with that play. Uh you know the 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 Colts were up thirty three to nothing over the Vikings, and the Vikings came back and beat them. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. I mean, I hate to be a Colt fan today, and then I was watching pretty intently the the Giants and Commanders game last night. I was actually pulling. I mean, for Lions, it would have been better if they tied again. You know, yeah. I think, but and they had a chance at the end. You know, Washington was driving. There was absolute terrible. Uh, calls by the referees one where the with the offensive end was looking to the referee say hey am i on the line he said yeah and they call a penalty there and then just an absolutely completely blatant pass interference in the end zone goes uncalled i mean miggy incognito will be all over this too you know he's always saying the fix is in in the nfl and some of the games yesterday makes me wonder on what these referees are looking at and why don't they change it somehow? I know they did try what was it three years ago to make pass interference uh, a reviewable play, and then I don't yeah. think they really bought into it at all. They right. just put it out there. I, you know? I don't fault the, the 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 line of scrimmage play was bizarre uh, yeah. because you know we all see the zoom in. I don't know what the ref he didn't yeah he definitely didn't give him a thumbs up like people are saying. He right. said something, uh, he, and, and I don't think the wide receiver moved up enough before the ball was eventually snapped. Um, but as for the pass interference, it was such a bang bang play. I mean, even Curtis Samuel got up and he wasn't like throwing a temper tantrum. I don't even think he kind of realized that he was yeah. being held. So I don't fault that one. But the the line of scrimmage sometimes, if I'm a referee, just swallow your whistle, man. The, like that's such a pointless right. like flag just to throw a flag because it's like technically not a part of the rules. Right. Read the situation, just let it go. And it's one of those that makes me think about like how often could you make that call the rest of the game. Is it literally every other play the rest of the game? People are lined up perfectly on the line of scrimmage in the perfect formation, you know, whatever. Like, right. You probably could have made that call four or five other times throughout the game. So, why are you deciding to make that call right now? Kind of like holding, you know, sometimes I'm like, 
you see dudes getting hold, held almost every play in the NFL, but then they decide to throw it, you know, certain times. So I don't know. The being well, an I'm official not, man it'd be, it would yeah. be a hard job. <laughs> I'm not a, con- a conspiracy theorist theorist uh, very often, but I'm starting to question if you were gonna if you're gonna put a fix in on a game, man, an NFL referee would be the guy to do it oh, with, wouldn't it? Yeah. 100%. Right on the coming down crunch time. I mean, you saw the guy. You know, he was reaching right for his flag as soon as that play started, man. Yeah. It just it does make you wonder, you know, and, and all of a sudden, uh, it's a New York team that wins, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, don't know. it definitely is a little bit fishy. Uh so basically from what I've read, the Lions have 42% chance to make the playoffs as yep. of now, yep. according to 538. Uh, if they went out 98% is the number, uh, where do you like realistically, you know, with these next three games, uh, you know, at Carolina home against the bears, and then obviously at green Bay, I got a bad feeling about this bears game. I yeah. don't think we're going to make it to this green Bay game. I just, Justin Fields, one man video game. I mean, we know how tight it was last time we played a miracle. We won that game. Uh, I just have a bad feeling about fields just seems like it could be like a coming out memorable Justin Fields type moment type game that just takes the air out of Ford field. My only thing is at least it's at home because we, we know not getting back to Jared golf, but he's been way better at home than he has been on the road. That helps the kicker. Like you brought up Jared way better at home than on the road, you know, indoors basically. Um, So in that Ford field crowd has been amazing this whole season. So, and being the last home game for potential playoff spot, you know, they're, they're going to be up for that game. I almost wonder about this game in Carolina. I mean, because it's like yeah. I said, it's going to be cold. Carolina, they're just, you know, they're out of it. They, they're just a mess. Like, you know, the, the coaching situation is a mess. The quarterback situation is a mess, but they're still playing hard. You know, like I almost wonder if they're going to look past the Panthers ahead to the Bears and Packers, you right. know. So just they can't. See, it no. seems like Campbell won't let them do that. You know, I don't know if you can say that won't let them do that. But Campbell seems to like have a, a good like perspective you know within that locker room so game by game just one one game at a time yeah i'm pretty confident they won't look past anybody at this point and yeah you you can say campbell won't let them but i think what i've seen on this team the players won't let it happen you know they know they know what the past history has been and they know what they got right in front of them and they're going to come out and play hard it does worry me a little bit about fields but it's almost like you know a basketball analogy. We'll let we'll let so and so get fifty points. We'll shut everybody else down. You know, right. Fields is going to get his rushing yardage, but maybe they can shut down his passing. You know, that's what we can hope for. Yep. Yeah. How, how lucky are we, though, man? I mean, once in our life that I actually feel like we're playing some meaningful football. <laughs> I wish I could say like once we, in my we, life. We've, we've, we've yeah. harped on it a bunch. It's just there's something a lot more fun about this group of guys than any of those Stafford teams ever were. So yeah, just feels like it means more. At least to me, like I, even as I've said, a very big Matthew Stafford fan, it felt like he was like the only thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. when, when Megatron was there, you know, obviously him too. But now thinking back, this team, like you use the word, we're going to start using the word every week. This team is so much more rootable than Absolutely. those other teams because of all the other characters, everything we've already talked about, everything that goes into well, this team. You know, a lot more to cheer on. Or we always on. knew it was fool's gold, right? It was always the late comebacks, no running game, defense horrible. At right. least this team has like the makings of like a a playoff team that could win a game. It right. seems it's it's not just Matthew Stafford, you know, going off yeah. uh, or getting lucky is what it felt like a lot of the times. Yeah. Amen, you know. boys. Well, it's gonna be fun to watch, no doubt about it. Uh, 
Hashtag since 57. Let's go Lions. Hopefully uh, we can put that next? hashtag to bed soon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, next up, we're going to have a back by request from episode 51, our little special segment on holiday music. So we hope you enjoy this right after this. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Well, guys, uh, you know, you, you can't have a Christmas list without picking the top songs of all time. Top three Christmas songs. Who wants to start? Like a generic question. Do you guys like Christmas music? Some people hate I it. I do. Like, they, they can't stand it when it starts coming on. I, Man, w- I like Christmas music a lot. I like it, too, and it depends what song you hear. But, I mean, there's so many good songs out there that even the duds, you can, you can put up with listening to those to get to some of the good ones. But, yeah, I like Christmas music. I don't like to hear it. Um, starting, you know, November 1st. But when we get to about Thanksgiving through the holidays, I'm really good with it. I'm going to throw it out here. I don't think Jared is a fan of Christmas music. <laughs> no, I do like it. And, and this is actually might surprise you. So every year on Thanksgiving, we, we, we would go, either go to like Frankenmuth some years or we'd go to my Uncle George's in Indiana. And that would be like when my dad would start playing Christmas music. And my brothers would lose their minds <laughs> whenever that happened. Whereas I, so it's like because of that, like... I kind of grew like, man, it's not that big of a deal to me. Like, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm fine with Christmas music. But as for, like, my top uh, three list, uh, a couple honorable mentions I had. These are both, like, country remixes, which is why I kind of kept them as honorable mentions, although they're probably my two favorite right now. Baby, It's Cold Outside by Darius Rucker and Sheryl Crow. And I love the Michael Buble, and the only reason I even knew this song is because my dad loves Michael Buble. Like, his favorite thing to do on Christmas morning. Alexa, play Michael Buble Christmas Mix. So that's what we always listen to. So I love that song. But as for my actual list, number three, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. I love this song. It's got the old 1980s theme. I always think of Daddy's Home too, which is an honorable mention for my movies which is just a great scene at the end where they all sing it together. Just an all-around good song. My number two, and this probably should be my number one, but I think that this will actually should be on both your guys' list. Uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. You better not pile, I'm telling you this song is incredible any time of the year. My favorite part of this song is when he goes, Santa Claus is coming to town. And then my other favorite part of this song, and you guys are just being absolutely delighted with my voice right now. You better be good for goodness sakes. And then it's like the deep voice. You better be good for goodness sakes. The big man. Just a great scene. Bruce Springsteen is awesome. My number one, Last Christmas by Wham! With the explanation point at the end. Backstreet Boys or In Sync, who thought this song, 
But I mean, the synthesize, synthesizers in this song, the 1980s feel, some might call it a little uh, gay, but it's not. It's just, this is like just a great music song. And I mean, it's just a toe-tapping delight. So that's my top three right there. How about you guys? Not bad. I've got some honorable mentions here. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Gene Autry, the original. That That's a classic. Everybody loves Please Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas by John Denver. I mean, that, how can you beat that one? Uh, Never heard of it, but continue. <laughs> it's a real song, too, by the way. It's a very depressing song. Uh, <laughs> little Drummer Boy from a variety of different artists out there. No offense to our Jewish friends out there, but I enjoy the I enjoyed the Saturday Night Live one, Christmas Time for the Jews by Darlene Love, and uh, the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler. Those are a couple classics on my honorable mention list. Also, the Beach Boys and Little St. Nick. That's a good one. But my list, uh, number three. This is uh, former Beatle John Lennon. Happy Christmas. War is over. That's just a tremendous song. It it holds up to this day and uh, one of my favorites. That's number three. Uh, The Christmas Song. Most uh, most people call it Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire by Nat King Cole. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. How can Jack you go Frost? a Christmas season without hearing that numerous times and, and get right into it? And then my number one, I kind of started off the, the pod this way, Jose Feliciano, Feliz Navidad. all-time favorite. I like the song, but I don't know. You're number one. You're telling me you could listen to that like three or four times in a day? Uh, put it this way. It's solidly on my number, on my top three list. I could shift Happy Christmas by Lennon to number one, but yeah, I like Fleas Navidad. That's my list. I'm sticking to it. Hey, stick with it. And it, you know, I think it's one of those on Christmas Day, say you got Spotify or whatever, Pandora, whatever you use, if some of these songs do come up three or four times on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, I think it that it's perfectly fine. Yeah. If you hear a... Feliz Navidad three times on Christmas Day, you're going to love it every time. Sure. Now, here's a question for both you guys. When you put it on a Christmas channel or any other channel, and Jared knows how I roll, do you immediately change the channel when you hear a song that really is not your favorite, or you just keep it there until the next song comes on? <laughs> Any time. I mean, I know Jared, he, he had a kick out of it coming home from up north with me, and I just had it on, I think it was the top 200 songs of all time on Billboard, and I just kept it there and never, never switched the dial. I can do the same thing on Christmas songs. You know, there, there is a fair share of duds out there, but uh, I just don't change the channel. If it's a song I don't really care for, I just gut it out until the next song comes on. My wife, on the other hand, she'll say, oh, I hate that song, and then have to change the channel. That, I forgot, like, just you completely just revitalized my memory on that. That was such a psycho move. I think we talked about it before in the pod. Everyone in the car was sleeping, Matt, other than him. And he was just, and you know he doesn't like this song. It's like top hits from, like, 2007. Like, there's no way in hell he liked all these songs. And he just sat there, four-hour drive, just didn't change it once, just sat there with his thoughts listening to it. <laughs> I just thought it was crazy. Yeah, I got to say, I'd probably switch it around a little bit. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, how about your your list, Matt? Yeah, so I, I kind of cheated again like I have a lot of times with these lists. I just went with albums because narrowing it down to songs is really tough for me. So I only have one honorable mention, the Polar Express soundtrack. It's my favorite movie, so the soundtrack is just fantastic. I, I love that soundtrack come Christmas time. 
Number three, there's a Disney's all-time favorites. It's like the Disney characters singing all the like favorite Christmas songs. It's again one of those nostalgic things. Like we we grew up listening to it. We had it on cassette. I think my parents had it on a vinyl, and now we have it on a CD. So that's you know probably nostalgic, but I love that. Number two, to show our generational differences here, probably from my generation, the In Sync Home for Christmas CD is yeah. amazing. People from the mid '90s, if you're, you know, you're an InSync, you're Backstreet Boys, you know, whatever it is, everyone knows this InSync Christmas album. It's it's fire, as Jared's generation would say. <laughs> it, it's it's a great Christmas album. And number one for me, and this would probably go back to to Ted's era, but oh, I love it. I don't know. I we used to listen to it at uh, a place that I worked at. We used to listen to it on loop. It seems like a Hall and Oates. Christmas album, Home for Christmas. <laughs> it's great. Every day we'll be alive Hall and Oates, I mean they their their voices are amazing and them singing all the Christmas songs is fantastic. That's my number one. That's my favorite my favorite Christmas album, Hall and Oates. That's pretty good. You know, when you speak of albums, too, I know uh, my wife's very fond of it, and I just thought about it, the the Carpenters. You know, you ever heard of the group The Carpenters? Oh, yeah. They yep. have a pretty good Christmas album as well. She had just a fantastic voice, Karen Carpenter, and, uh, you know, singing all the classics. And, and, and also, speaking of uh, singers, I mean, Mariah Carey, she has one of the all-time best-selling Christmas songs of all time, doesn't she? Yeah, All I Want for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, a funny story. I, it's a great song. I do enjoy it. But there's a side that I can't stand that song because I don't know if they still do it this way at Corona, but uh, my senior year when basketball season was just starting, you know, around this time, early December, we were having two-a-days. So we would go in and practice, you know, for an hour before school and then, you know, school day, and then we'd have practice after school, obviously. But that morning session – it, it was only varsity, I think some JV kids, but we had like half of the gym, and then the other half of the gym was uh, the dance team. And they That's were doing so their Christmas dance, their Christmas routine to that song, All I Want for Christmas. Right. So for that whole two weeks or whatever of our two-a-days, oh. morning, morning Christmas, we heard that damn song <laughs> on loop the whole time we were practicing basketball. We were just hearing All I Want for Christmas over and over and over. And it was one of those where like they would play it for like 10 seconds, Someone would screw up, and they'd have to start, start it over. over. They'd play for 20 seconds. Someone, you know, I, that is just, like, engraved in my head. That good is song so still, still a good song, on. but I can't get over that. I feel like you just took that right from my memory. Everything you just said was spot on. Yeah, they play the same part over and over again because they have to master it, like, 10 seconds at a time. Yep. And the king of all Christmas albums, Michael Bolton. I mean, Our Love is a Holiday, that's an all-time Christmas song. I, I just thought of it. I can't believe I left it off my list. What a voice he has. <laughs> Phenomenal voice. Yeah, he's one of the all-time greats, without a doubt. Christmas music, though, like that, that's probably why I like albums more. I, when I was at Grand Valley, I don't know if, Jared, you know this mall, but there's a mall in Granville. It's a, a town just over from Allendale. 
And I worked at the mall over there when I was in college at a store, uh, FYE, sell like CDs and DVDs and stuff like that. So come Christmas time, we would just be in the store just playing, you know, Christmas music all over and over and over. So so that's where that's where I listen to the Hall & Oates album all the time and the Polar Express and all these other ones. But Yeah, I had a similar experience to that when I worked at Meyer last year during the holidays, which, LOL, I worked at Meyer. That always kind of cracks me up when I say that. But um, Good job. What's wrong with working at Meyer? Yeah. <laughs> It's a great gig. Gotta love wearing, gotta rep the red. Rep the red, that's what they call it. So they play Christmas music basically from like November 10th until like a week after Christmas. And the song that would always play that just pissed me off every time, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> Who, I was gonna ask you guys this guy's still making money on that. How? How is that even a good song? How is that even a popular song? It's so, so bad. And the guy's still making bank off of it today. Yeah, it's, it's one of those parody songs, I really, you know, I mean... It was a novelty when it first came out. It slid into the Christmas rotation. I, I agree with you. It's pretty lame. It reminds me, there used to be a group called De Youpers, and that's it's not De Youpers, but that's that's the kind of music it sounds like. But, yeah, that's, that's a brilliant song. And there's another one about all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. All right. Who, who was the, the comedy group that did that, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? It was like, I'm trying to remember who that was. Emo Phillips? Oh, yeah, the Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. It was like a, a comedy duo, wasn't it? Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, and, and I don't have a way to look it watching up. The, uh, watching the music video. The music video is actually hilarious. It was originally performed by husband and wife duo of Elmo and Patsy Trick Schwarzschreier. Yeah. There you go. Elmo and Patsy, yep. <laughs> if, you, if you get a chance, go to YouTube, if you remember, and watch the music video for that. It's strange. I will never. It's I, a strange I music never. video. I will check it out. So you guys are all about Christmas music then, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe not all about, but you enjoy it. During the month of December, let's put it that way. I, I enjoy it. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve All right, this has been the Three Point Podcast presented by uh, Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, over 15 locations throughout the state. Check out the new Sky Mint Reserve. If you're over 21, go to skymint.com. Sign up for their great rewards program. And at the Corona Store, 3.20, that's the coupon code for 20% off Sky Mint products and new customers. Also, we're brought to you by Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center. Join the 21-day health challenge, just a dollar initiation fee and $2 a day. Enroll now through January 15th. Take advantage of this offer. All kinds of great stuff, including $2 per child babysitting for two hours. Also, uh, the challenge, join the Wellness Center as a member for 75% off the sign-up fee. Go to memorialhealthcare.org slash wellness-center and uh, check them out. They've been providing health care for you since 1921. Make sure you also let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Home, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. You know, before we officially sign off, guys, just I think all three of us want to send a special shout out to our uh, our partners, man. They, they anytime any of our listeners or any in their businesses tell them you listen to the podcast, and you know we appreciate their sponsorship, and I'm sure they'd like to hear uh, that their message is getting out there to everybody. Definitely. I mean, we, we've definitely talked about rivals a lot, and I know they're, they're going through some management changes and stuff like that, but we, we've always been big fans of them. They always have great shows, concerts, big nights, you know, during big football, basketball games, stuff like that. Uh, AZ Printing, you know, they hooked us up with a bunch of swag. I was telling you guys before we started recording that, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting some things made for when I'm back in town uh, next week to, to pick up when I'm back in town. 
you know, they, they do a good job with their screen printing and embroidery. Ted, you've gotten hooked up with a ton oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. Seems like from them. Some great stuff. Um, yeah, and all, all of our other partners, you know, everything they do. We definitely appreciate the support, helping us grow, helping us get the word out. And we, I, I like, uh, you know, I think we all feel good getting the word out about them, you know, all their businesses and stuff too. 100%. Also, make sure you follow us at social media at 3 Point Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and the Z92.5 Game of the Week. Not until next year, January 6th, St. John's at Mason. Until next week, so long, everybody. Peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. And, uh, have a great Christmas, and we'll talk to you on the backside. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.